When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello there, and welcome to It's an S Pod Thing, the podcast revisiting every episode of S Club 7's insane TV show. I'm Sophie Davis, and joining me on this journey from Miami to Spain will be a range of guests who may or may not have seen the show before. Either way, we're going to analyse it in more detail than anyone ever asked for. If you're an S Club fan like me and remember watching the show, hopefully this podcast will bring it all back to you. So, my guest on the podcast today is comedian Mickey Overman. Hello. Hello. So, you're my first guest who isn't British or Irish. So, oh, yeah. I'm interested to know, were S Club 7 a big deal in the Netherlands or not really? Well, we knew, like, we had, we definitely had the songs because I, I did a little bit of research. Oh, that's a good start. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sort of the, the bigger hits made it over. Um, but the the TV shows and stuff, and actually the individual members, I had no idea about. So they were they were sort of a little bit known. There wasn't nothing at all. No, 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 but, no. no. Um, I did try to find out whether the TV show aired in the Netherlands, but I couldn't really find anything because it does seem to have aired in other countries. I don't think it did. Yeah, probably not. Because sometimes in the YouTube comments, I see people saying like, oh, I used to watch this when I was a kid in Germany. But then when you actually Google it, there isn't that much information available. It doesn't go into that much depth on Wikipedia. Yeah, it said it like played in a hundred countries. That can't be right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they're probably, they've boosted the numbers a bit probably. Well, I just don't, it just doesn't feel like it (laughs) would have that much of a, I don't know, wide range. Like it really would yeah. cross cross cultural boundaries. It's it's pretty uh, mad. Yeah, because it, it aired in the US as well. I know that it, it aired there, but um, they didn't have that much success in the US. And a lot of American viewers actually just thought it was a TV show and didn't realize they were a real band. And so the music didn't really kick off over there. Oh, right. Which is seems like bad marketing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very... Um... It's very like early Nickelodeon kind of vibe, isn't it? Yeah, very colourful. Very colourful. going on. Yeah, very bad acting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's get into the episode. We're talking about LA7 episode 7, which is called House Sitting. Mm. And it aired on CBBC on the 18th of May in the year 2000. Uh, at the beginning of the episode, 
everyone, well, everyone apart from Paul and Hannah, they're sort of hanging out on sofas in the cafe. And it's a bit like sort of like they're trying to be friends with Central Perk. It's that sort of vibe because we haven't seen these sofas before. Oh, right. Okay. (laughs) They're new. Yeah. It's like in this one episode, we're going to try and be like Central Perk in Friends. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And Rachel is reading something called the Big Vulgar House magazine. And she's kind of like, oh, don't you ever wonder what it would be like to live in a big house? Like very cleverly setting up the premise of the episode. <laughs> and everyone's eating ice lollies, which is a bit distracting. Yeah, it's very um, grown up, that bit. Very phallic. Yeah, none of them are interested in having a, a house, really, are they? They're not really interested in what Rachel's talking about. They're quite happy just sitting there, like, sucking on these lollies like children. Yeah, and also then, then like, the, the sort of thing of, like, they're looking for a job comes up, which I guess is they're looking for a job in their roles as band. Because it's like, you can get a job. That's not that easy. That's not that hard. Yeah, because they do... This is where it's confusing because, well, it's all confusing. (laughs) They do already perform at this cafe. Like, this seems to be why they're at the cafe all the time, because they have a sort of regular gig performing there. Right. So I don't know if if they're doing it for free or they're getting paid for it, but they're just spending it all. Because, Mm. yeah, they start freaking out, don't they? Because Paul and Hannah run in and are like... Joni's coming, Joni's coming, it's rent day. It turns out their landlady is on her way to the cafe and they're all like, no, it can't be rent day already. And they just get up and start kind of shrieking at each other like they're children. (laughs) Yeah, is this for children? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, but it is slightly odd that they aren't children themselves. They're all sort of like early 20s, but they're behaving like they're still children. And well, as we'll see later, just like trashing a house and getting away with it. Here's what I thought. It's like, if you had been like, it's an episode of Safe by the Bell and it's called House Sitting, I would have told you this was the entire premise of it. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't go beyond, (laughs) it's just like, it's the most basic joke you could make about an episode called house sitting it's just like well yeah they go house sitting and then they trash the place yeah and the the moral at the end is for the kids is kind of like hey you can trash a house and the yeah. owner will probably be fine with it and he'll even thank you he'll thank you for uh rediscovering his old his rock and roll was that what what was sort yeah of the- it was, a, it was not a good moral. And also, this guy had been gone for weeks, they said at the end, and uh, he had a lot of food in his fridge for someone who'd been gone for weeks. Yeah, it was a fully stocked fridge and they just cleaned it out. Yeah, with fruit and veg. Yeah, and and so the setup for this, the, the whole house-sitting premise, is Joni the landlady comes in, they've got no money to pay the rent, and she basically says, oh, I've, I've got a friend who's looking for three sensible kids to sort of watch someone's house for them and like she's clearly a bad judge of character because none of these guys are sensible at all no they can't pay the rent and start shrieking when they can't pay the rent so you should already know as their landlord that they don't have it yeah because initially as well they try to hide from it don't they they sort of go behind a like a counter in the cafe yeah and they're just sort of crouching behind there 
Well, that is what I imagine that kids would do if they all of a sudden had to pay rent. Yeah, we can just run away <laughs> from this problem. We, but we're not going to run far. We're just going to hide like yeah. a few feet away, <laughs> all seven of us. But if it's for kids and if they're kind of representing like a kid-like spirit, which they don't really because then they get drunk. But if like there's, if it's sort of like a kiddie <laughs> atmosphere, I could say like if you were a 10-year-old and someone was like, you have to pay rent now. I think you'd be like, I'm going to hide behind this wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they deal with the whole thing how children would, definitely. Yeah. And the the landlady is wondering where they are, and she talks to the guy who seems to run the cafe. And he is played by uh, this actor who was in the, Bo- the Borat movie. He plays, like, the sidekick who he has a sort of naked fight with towards the end of the film. Have you seen this? Oh, is that the guy? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So for once, someone in this show is actually quite sort of well-known because uh-huh. usually these actors peaked in like the the year 2000 and then haven't really done much since being in this show. Uh, listen, I've, I've been very sad reading about S Club 7. <laughs> You've been looking into what they've all been up to. I've been looking into what they've all been up to and I'm like, oh God. It's 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 not good. It's not good. It's a very well, maybe yeah. not all of them, but for some of them, it's very much a. This is what happens when uh, you get swallowed up and spit out if you're a teen pop star. Yeah, definitely. Because there was a time in the UK where it felt like they were just everywhere. You know, they they had four albums they had four series of this tv show right and it was all across about four or five years so it wasn't really that long but at the time it felt like they were super famous yeah and then yeah it was quite a small section of their lives really and now it's kind of um yeah some of it's a bit concerning it's really concerning and it just makes me feel like record labels and all those kind of people just have a responsibility to be like as soon as these kids you know get big or whatever to be like okay well we are setting you up with a financial manager and that's mandatory and he'll put your money in real estate like I feel like I feel like somebody needs to do this for these kids because, of course, they're not going to do it because they're 20 and they're famous. Yeah, exactly. And apparently they didn't earn that much money from all of this, like in comparison to, you know, other pop stars. They had a manager who's a sort of a like a bit of a boogeyman figure, like he took all of their money. That seems to be what the general consensus is. That, that they didn't is get paid so very well. sad. And then their legacy is that this show is still up on YouTube. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And we're we're giving it the attention it deserves. We yeah, that's good actually. Sophie, you're really doing a you're really doing God's work here. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. So one thing I just realized I wrote down before um is that they're all kind of freaking out like oh we might get our possessions taken away we might if we can't pay the rent we might get evicted from the country and Bradley is concerned about how he might lose his Britney Spears goes skating posters Mm. which is very weird that he might as well just say like oh no my porn they're gonna take my porn away yeah these are the kind of adult jokes that I feel like they've put in you know to sort of um I don't know, appease the sort of older viewers. It's like we're going to have them um, licking these ice lollies that are just straight up like flesh colored. And then uh, we're going to (laughs) acknowledge that uh, Bradley has porn, Britney Spears porn. (laughs) Yeah, it's very specific. 
Britney Spears goes skating, honestly. So, um, but I mean, that was sort of what the boys were jerking it to. <laughs> you know something? Why can't we have our own Chateau style terrace? What are you reading, mate? The Big Vulgar House magazine. The magazine of big vulgar houses. Mm. Rachel's getting restless again, guys. No, not restless, just curious. Don't you ever wonder what it'd be like to live in one of those big houses like rich and famous people do? Oh, you mean like one of those amazing mansions in Bel Air with like the 30 meter Art Deco pool and their own cinema and a Philips Stark kitchen and like six different kinds of palm trees? Yes! No. <laughs> <laughs> Ready, can it? It can. When you owe as much money as we do, every day is a rent day. And she had one of those really mean looks on her face. You know, like the one that says eviction. Eviction? Oh no! What sort of panic for? What could she do to us anyway? Oh, you mean apart from like sell off all our possessions, kick us out of the apartment, and probably get checked out of the country? Not much, Bradley. Sell off our possessions? What you mean, like my CDs? Yeah, and your Britney Spears go skating posters. This is terrible, John. So, yeah, the landlady, Joni, is like, oh, I might have a job for you doing this house sitting. For some reason, she just wants three of them. I'm not sure why it has to be three. But uh, Bradley kind of puts himself forward and he says, oh, we're so sensible. It's what the S in S Club stands for. Mm. So... I mean, there's a lot of debate about what the S in S Club stands for because there isn't really an official... Oh, does no one know? Well, if you Google it, it says that it might stand for Simon because the guy who founded the band, the manager who I mentioned before, is called Simon Fuller. So like, if you Google it, it says, oh, some people say the S stands for Simon, which is a bit of a lame name, like the Simon Club. Oh, my God. But it's not an official thing. That would be exactly what a megalomaniac, like, you know, manager would do, though. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, I'm going to name it after me, but I'm not. A little sort of cryptic, like, I own this band. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I own these people. Well, maybe it was the Sensible Seven. That would have mm-hmm, been nice. Yeah, from now on, it's, yeah, the Sensible Club Seven. I think this is yeah. the first time they've actually suggested what it could stand for in the right. show. So it's the Sensible Club Seven. It's better, it's better, I think, than Simon Seven, because that's a bit Charlie's Angels, isn't it? And it's just a bit creepy. Yeah, definitely. So for some reason, Paul, Rachel and Joe are the three who get chosen to do the house sitting. Uh, In the next scene, we see them sort of traveling to the house. They're in a car with this woman, Debbie. Um, It doesn't seem to be her house, though. It's like a client's house. Not sure what Debbie does for a living. It's not really explained. But Debbie is taking the three of them over to the house. And apparently they've written all of this stuff in their application, like, oh, we enjoy picking up litter and we enjoy visiting old churches. Because, again, it's very kind of child logic. Like, this is what adults do. We're very sensible. Mm. We like to visit old churches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who doesn't? But I actually do like that. But I am an actual adult. Oh, that means you're a (laughs) grown-up. And Paul is kind of going on about, oh, we love picking up litter. And the two girls in the back seat are doing sort of vomit signs. Like, again, like, oh, kids, picking up litter is so uncool. Like, I don't think that would be okay now, really, would it? <laughs> Sending that message, like, oh, picking up litter, gross. It's really unclear. Kids, kids TV is, is weird. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, there's all of these shows that were made for kids. They, we have them as well. Like, in the Netherlands, it's just like, there are all of these shows where now you look back on it and you're like, is that okay? I don't think that's okay. I mean, even just <laughs> on like a Tom and Jerry level, you're like, mm. In the Netherlands, did you have any like pop stars who had their own TV shows? It's quite no. a niche thing. No, we had, well, we had it the other way around, which is like our most famous soap opera, um, like spawned a uh a, like a pop group a girl pop group okay linda Rosen, yes, that's odd that. yeah it was really but it was like they they sort of did it as a joke for like and they they it was called after like their it was like linda rose and jessica was the was the pop group and they were named after like that wasn't their real names it was the names that they had in the show because i think it was just kind of like mm. a joke that they did for like a charity event or whatever but then it just became super mm. popular and brought out like three albums that's very meta like we're <laughs> yeah. gonna start a group but we're gonna use our characters names yeah and they were they were massive like we had their cd yeah they were really really popular but then they stopped because they were like well this is this is mental we're not even ourselves we're not pop stars <laughs> at all three albums was enough that was too far yeah, like I still listen to the song sometimes because I just, it was, you know, they just, they like, I don't know, the same way that you would listen back to S Club 7 or, you know, any of the pop groups of the time. But other than those three girls, I think we just mostly listen to the pop groups from uh, England and the US and stuff. Yeah, sure. Wow, that's mad. So, yeah, they're talking about picking up litter and Paul kind of improvises a song, doesn't he? Because they're being all enthusiastic about how they love picking up litter and the woman randomly says do you have a litter picking song because that's apparently a normal question I was really happy because I was really yeah. worried that they weren't going to sing at all yeah <laughs> this is and this is Paul's moment he really goes for it as well doesn't he he's really like he's quite a good singer yeah I think because Paul doesn't really get the lead in many of their songs so I think he saw this opportunity <laughs> to improvise a song about picking up litter and was like, this is my time to shine. I'm going to oh, commit right. to this. Oh, I sort of figured that he was like the the male leading man, but he wasn't. Was it one of the other other dudes? Yeah, it's a weird one because um, Joe, who's the, the girl with blonde hair, who's doing the house sitting, she does most of the singing. Oh, they, right. they can all sing like there are some songs where it's quite even like they all get a little bit of the song each but in general joe is the main singer and whenever there's a, a male bit it tends to be bradley and they usually try and make him rap yeah occasionally <laughs> right. like paul will get like one song on the album but not a lot of the time so oh, it's a shame him. this song wasn't on the album the uh the litter picking song that, sh that should have been a hit single yeah he really went for it there was no like funny funny voice singing or whatever he was just like this is how i feel about this is my love song to litter <laughs> yeah he goes for it he really goes for it well debbie you know i do what i can in between the voluntary litter collecting litter collecting you do that for fun? Well, no, not not really fun. It's more of a... Citizenly duty. Yeah, you can only take out of society what you put in, Debbie. Mm. I mean, as I always say, a litter-free world is a better world. But that's incredible because I'm a volunteer community litter collector too! Ventura litter bags, litter bags, go, go, go! <laughs> <laughs> so, do you guys have your own song? We do, actually, yeah, but... Paul always likes to sing that one, don't you, Paul? 
We broom, we brass. Yeah, yeah. We don't make a fuss. Yeah, yeah. Dropping litter is a sin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So put it in the bin. Yeah, yeah. We broom, we brass. Yeah, yeah. We don't make no fuss. Yeah, yeah. Dropping litter is a sin. Yeah, yeah. Put it in the bin. Yeah, yeah. Broom, 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 brass. Yeah, yeah. Broom, 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 brass. They arrive at the house, which is massive and it's got a big swimming pool and the girls are sort of immediately not taking it seriously. Like they're sort of messing around in the background. Paul's taking on a lot of the responsibility. Yeah, they're not really representing the sensible seven right there. Yeah, definitely. Paul is trying to do his best. For some reason, he's not usually that sensible, but for some reason in this episode, the writers have decided he's the sensible one. Yeah. Uh, and he's the the woman as well is saying stuff like, um, oh, I'm a bit concerned about the two girls. Are they not party animals? Like as if she's about 90 years old or something. But she has some concerns. Paul tells her it's going to be fine. We're all sensible. We're all mature adults. And um, yeah, the girls sort of, they're like dancing around randomly. And then when the woman turns around, they pretend to be sort of looking at a statue, like analyzing it, like hmm, Italian Renaissance, I think. Yeah, it's, um, it's poor writing, Sophie, is what it is. <laughs> Yeah, and after she leaves them to it, they're again just sort of running around the house giggling, jump into the pool with all their clothes on, and Paul is kind of rolling his eyes. And meanwhile, back at the cafe, uh, the two other boys have got some work to do because they're, they've got a job in the cafe serving coffee. Mm. And yeah, this is confusing as well because a few episodes ago, Paul who's now doing the house sitting, seemed to have a job at the cafe before. Like right. a few episodes ago, he he was like serving people drinks in the cafe. Mm. So it's a bit weird that in this episode, he's now not, it's like he never had a job there. Like he, they, they're all just unemployed for some reason. I don't think they have any uh, care in the world about continuity or that anything makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh, I don't think the writers spent more than 10 minutes on writing these episodes. Yeah, because I, I mean, it's it's really it's really bad. <laughs> yeah, in this episode, they're all unemployed. The kids won't remember. They're all unemployed, and then they go to this house, and they all like they go completely crazy for like five minutes, and then because they're kids, they immediately get bored. Um, whilst being in this beautiful house, and then they decide to have their friends over, uh, and they for some reason the friends invite like other people like random people of the street like biker people and like random people that yeah. live in cafes just like really irresponsible not sensible at all and then uh the house gets trashed because of course it does but i love all the shots when the house gets trashed of like the the like members of the sensible seven who are like cleaning up yeah it's a weird dynamic isn't it because the three of them who are doing the house sitting are really trying to keep things under control but yeah. the four other members of the band just literally don't care like they're not helping their friends at all they're just like we're part of the party yeah like you're the ones doing the house sitting so this is your problem in the run-up to the party we get we get a song but they're not really they're not directly singing in the show it's just a song that's sort of played in the background Mm. uh called bring bring the house down which i'm guessing they chose 
just because it had the word house in the title. I don't think it really went beyond that. Well, they're bringing the house down. Yeah, but I mean, the point they use it at is when they're just sort of walking around the house enjoying themselves, like it's before the party's even happened. Yeah, it was a real bit of uh, exposition, a little bit of setup. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. We see, like, Rachel's kind of, like, jumping on the beds, getting lost in all the rooms. Paul is, like, raiding the fridge and at one point he gets out like a whole smoked salmon and then wraps it around a chicken leg and just like shoves the whole thing in his mouth. So even before the party, they're not really respecting the house that much. They're just going crazy. But then, yeah, like you said, they get bored really quickly because the <laughs> yeah. song kind of abruptly ends. Joe like slams her hands down in the water and is like, I'm so bored. It's like, I'm not sure how long they've been there, like a few days maybe, and they're just so bored. I think I think five minutes. Yeah, they've ran around the house yeah. for five minutes and they're bored already. Yeah, I think that it, it is filmed, that bit is filmed like the TV show 24, it is in like the present moment. Real time. Right yeah, real time. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. And mm. I, I do quite like how in the song we get a few shots of the apartment as well, like kind of contrasting the two places because in the apartment they're all sort of like fighting over the bathroom. At one point John looks in the fridge and there's like one lonely piece of fruit in there uh, and they're sort of fighting over the TV remote as well. And I, I like how when we see the TV in the big house, like in the mansion, it doesn't seem that impressive. It looks quite low tech. Yeah, and right. the room they're in with the TV has got all like flowery furniture. It looks like they're in someone's nan's house or something. Yeah. Like the rest of the house is really luxurious. And then they've just got a little sort of old woman's living room to watch the TV in. <laughs> yeah. But I, I often find this when, like, you watch stuff that's not even that long ago. You're like, ugh, that TV is so old. Because TVs, like, re like, they developed really quickly. Yeah, and also the bit where after the song they're sitting at the dinner table, like it's a really long table, mm. and Joe and Paul are communicating with each other via, like, these really sort of old-fashioned-looking telephones, like at opposite ends of the table. That's a great visual gag. Yeah, again, that, that's like, I guess, the texting equivalent now. They would be like WhatsApping each other from across the yeah. table. But they've got like almost, sort of, they look like dial-up phones, like really sort of gold and old-fashioned. This is something you could do. What you could do after you've discussed all these episodes is like you could update it. Yeah, the modern version. The modern version. The phones would solve a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah. And this is a weird relationship as well because... They're talking about how they're bored. They want. They basically miss the other members of the band, don't they? Yeah, very lovely. They miss their buds. Yeah, but they don't want to admit it. It's kind of like, because they're trying to play it cool, aren't they? Like, they call up the apartment and they're all really excited. Like, oh, maybe we can arrange to meet up. We can invite them over to the house. But they're all being really like, oh, how are you? Oh, I'm not sure if we've got plans for tomorrow. It's like, why aren't you just 
being nice to each other. There is no consistency in how these people interact. <laughs> yeah. There's no consistency in any of their characters. There's no consistency in the way they interact with each other or with like the outside. One person can be like a rebel the one second and then be a complete like yeah. mum the next. It, there's absolutely the the writer was drunk <laughs> he wrote it in 10 minutes and yeah. he was drunk like there's no other explanation it was based on a party he actually went to the night before yeah and he took some notes and he was like i, I think this is it <laughs> yeah it's so weird they're just so yeah joe invites them round to the house she says oh we'll have a party eight o'clock tomorrow night and they sort of put the phone down and they're all jumping around really excited. And it's like, again, why didn't you react like this on the phone? Why is it a secret that you're friends for some reason? It's really odd. And then this is where it all kind of goes wrong because, as you said before, they keep inviting other people to the party. Like there's a shot where Hannah and Tina are like walking along past these bikers mm. Tina apparently fancies one of them already. We've never met him before. Not so. Uh, but up. this is some exposition that we that we're given. Tina fancies a biker. He says hi to her when she walks past, and she does the strangest reaction where she just kind of goes, "I'm going to a party tonight. Do you want to come?" <laughs> like she's about twelve years old. Also, they don't give him the address. Yeah, they just walk off. I didn't they notice just walk that. Off. Actually. <laughs> They just want do. I'm going to a party tonight, and then just walk off. And then the girl's like, "Well done." <laughs> it's like that's not well done. He does not know where it is. Yeah, and they don't even tell him the time or anything. Mm. And there's no mobile phones, so he can't text it for the address. It's absolutely not on. That is not how you invite people to parties. Yeah, <laughs> he'll just know instinctively where to go. And meanwhile, at the cafe, we kind of saw a bit earlier that Bradley had his eye on this girl. Like, she basically walked in and he started just sort of, like, undressing her with his eyes. Mm. Then we go back to the cafe and she's turned up again and Bradley kind of says to John, um, do you think she came back to see me? And John goes... No, but don't let that stop you. So I think that's bad advice. Like, don't approach women in cafes. Like, you work there. She hasn't come there to see you. She's just gone to the cafe to mind her own business. Mm. No, that is, uh, that's very much like, the, you know, that's very much like the, the old school 80s, 90s way of meeting people. It's like, no, that's, that's not, that's not how people meet. Yeah. And he, he gives her a drink that she didn't order. And he asks what she's doing tonight. And she says, sorry, I don't date waiters. And I mean, I want to know that backstory because we don't get any. But I want to know what her issue is with dating waiters. Like, is she a snob or has she had some sort of incident before? I guess so. I guess she's been hurt by a waiter. She's been hurt by waiters too many times. Yeah, she's had enough. She's not dating waiters anymore. <laughs> and he tells her that he's actually not a waiter. He's an actor researching a role where he's going to play a waiter. Yeah, she buys that immediately. Yeah, and also, yeah, not a great setup for this relationship because he just lies to her immediately. Mm -hmm. And also, and also claims that the mansion is his. Yeah. Like, oh, they've just uh, let, let me live in this mansion while I'm shooting this movie. Yeah. And she's quite interested then when she's like, oh, you live in a mansion, do you? Um, and then, yeah, it's time for the party. The band are all reunited. And yeah, in this scene, they're all not playing it cool at all. They're all really like hugging each other as if they haven't seen each other in like six months or yeah. something. And let's all remember, it's been about 10 minutes. 
Yeah, it's probably the next day. Like <laughs> yeah, this definitely. party is the day after they've arrived at the house. Yeah, and then the the bikers show up, sort of barge into the house. Like, where's the party? And then the girl Bradley fancies shows up, and she's brought about like twenty friends with her. It seems good on her. Yeah, she saw that opportunity, and it's a really weird mix of people as well. There's like a, a, I sort of paused it to have a look at them. There's like a guy in a suit, and there's like a woman wearing a feather boa. It's not the friends I would have like picked for her. Really, it's just her. Like she maybe she's just picked them up on the street on her way. I think she she might have done, and I think maybe that would still have made her feel safer than going to see this obvious liar. Yeah, maybe it's security, like, mm. oh, I can't go to this guy's house, I'm here, and I'll take 20 strangers with me instead. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then next thing we know, everyone is partying and trashing the house. There's, like, streamers and balloons everywhere. There also seems to be way more people there now, so I guess maybe some of the um the friends or the bikers have invited other people over because it's clearly such a good party because yeah. it looks like there's about 50 people at least it's really busy yeah they're like on every floor of the house as well like just ruining every room and i love how the music that's blaring out is like an s club 7 song it's like imagine if you went to a house party and like the person who was hosting it just played their own band's music all night <laughs> it's clearly what they've done yeah you'd be really freaked out you'd be like i this is some this is like a room in hell they want to promote themselves and everyone's like, I don't know this song. So, oh, it's one of ours. <laughs> yeah, not just like thrown in. That's all they play. And they don't have enough songs to play like all night long. Yeah, exactly. They've just stuck an album in. Maybe they're just, they've got it on repeat. But um, everyone seems to be enjoying themselves anyway. And yeah, the three who are the house sitters are kind of walking around trying to tidy up a bit. They're trying to be responsible because they can see where this is going. But yeah, the other four literally don't care. They're just joining in with like the bikers. Yeah. <laughs> like they don't care about their friends at all. Joe walks up to one of the bikers and sort of threatens him, which is very Joe, to be fair. That's quite consistent. She's usually quite sort of um, oh, aggressive. Okay. And uh, two of the bikers are like eating massive tubs of ice cream, aren't they? Like they've just taken them out of the freezer and a sort of tucking in. Yeah, which he 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 doesn't like, but it's like, you've eaten almost everything else that was in this fridge. Yeah, exactly. Paul's a hypocrite. Mm, he's a hypocrite is what we learn here. And yeah, Paul sort of goes in the kitchen, which is also an absolute mess. There's a woman like lying down being fed grapes by a man. I mean, legend. And one of the bikers is like throwing popcorn or cereal or something around. Paul is super stressed and he goes up to John, who is just sitting there doing literally nothing. I love how little John cares about what's going on. He, like he's just sitting there like, I'm not getting involved in this carnage, but I'm not going to try and stop it. And John basically says yeah. to Paul, oh, you know, it's just gone too far. If you can't beat them, join them. And Paul just does a complete 180 and is suddenly like, party! party. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't take much convincing. It turns out he was a party animal after all. Yeah, and all it takes is John just saying, give up, mate. And he's like, yeah, okay, I'll join in, I'll trash the house as well. Yeah, 
and he sort of he hands him like a ca- a can as well, doesn't he? And he just sort of sprays the drink everywhere. Like he doesn't care anymore. No, it's a it's a it's a real um, how do you say that? It's a real Breaking Bad, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like he tries in the beginning, yeah. and then I think that's the first time anyone has compared this show to Breaking Bad. Well, on this they're the closest uh, <laughs> relation that I can think of in TV shows. You know, they're the both in <laughs> both in look really look similar. <laughs> Really and prestige stuff. John, what is going on? Who are all these people? I've got no idea, mate, but if you can't beat them, you might as well join them. Join them? Join them? Look! Look, are you mad? Look at what they're doing to the statue! Oh, it's too late. It's gone too far. Instead of fighting against the tide, you might as well just let yourself get swept out to sea. Bradley is talking to that girl again and she asks him a very simple question. She says, what's the movie about that you're shooting? And he clearly hasn't prepared for this because he says, it's me and Hugh Grant and we play two waiters who have to raise money for a poor blind kid who wants to be a chef. Uh. So we rob a bank and it goes wrong. So we hide the money in a big cake. And I mean, she's quite rightly unimpressed, isn't she? She's like, she goes off and talks to another guy, actually, yeah, doesn't she? She's not impressed at all. It's a kind of sentence that had it not been for the fact that this is 2000 or whatever, I would have thought it was just the writer doing autocorrect and just going enter, <laughs> enter, enter. You know, like when you go, yes, 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 yes. And you just, and you're like, okay, well, that's a sentence. Yeah. We hide the money in a big cake. I didn't see that one coming at the end. <laughs> No, because it makes no sense. And then he, he, and then he, and then he also says it goes wrong because the cake gets stolen by some angry fat people. Yeah, like yeah, I don't, I don't know what he's talking about. No, it's very odd. Yeah, she walks off. She goes over to talk to one of the bikers instead because mm. he's he's wearing a ban a bandana. He's obviously cool. Um, and Bradley doesn't seem that bothered because he just starts chatting up her friend instead, like immediately. That's that's a good message, actually. It's like girls are interchangeable. Yeah, just move on. Like she, he's forgotten her already. It doesn't really know which one you got. It doesn't really matter. So after all this carnage, we go to the next morning. The house looks terrible. Yeah. They all sort of wake up. The bikers all seem to be just passed out in different rooms of the house, like just on the floor, as if someone's kind of just switched them off or something. Um, and one, they all start waking up and one of them's like, when's breakfast? And the band are really worried now because obviously the house looks horrendous. Debbie and Joni suddenly walk through the door and are obviously horrified. And Debbie kind of looks like she's going to have a panic attack and Joni tells the band they could get sued and go to jail. And I like how Joe just goes, come on, Joni, don't overdo it. And it's like, how? But she's right. <laughs> like, she is literally right. You're in America. You could get sued at any minute. Like, particularly if you've just ruined someone's entire house. But they're still just not taking it seriously. But again, this is a real, like, you know, there's no consistency in Joe Because first she doesn't care about the house sitting. Then she becomes real, like careful with everything and she starts telling everybody off mm-hmm. in the house for not behaving appropriately and then when the whole house is trash she's like all right it's not a big deal 
that's not good <laughs> yeah, storytelling. Paul, five minutes ago, we saw her like threaten one of the bikers to like stop making a mess, and yeah. now she's like, "Don't know what you're complaining about, Joni. It's fine." Yeah, <laughs> this show. So John says, "Oh, it's not that bad." He says again, "This is like an autocorrect line." He says, "Just think of it like a big city rubbish tip." Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense. It's just words. Yeah. And the owner of the house suddenly shows up in a limo. He walks into the house. Debbie faints because, again, it seems like she's having a panic attack. Quite justifiably, she's worried. And I looked that I looked up this actor, and he's been in quite a lot of stuff. He was recently in an episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine. So good for him. He's uh, still working. Excellent. And yeah, this whole, this appearance, it, it takes a strange turn, doesn't it? Well, it's a hard role to play, you know, you got to give it to him because he has to start <laughs> off being like, I'm very upset about this. And then he has to do a quick, like Ross from Friends style turn and completely do the opposite. Because I mentioned before, Paul does like a complete 180 where he's mm. suddenly like, party. But this is on a whole other level. Like, I think the level. first time I watched this the other day, I literally, I stopped concentrating for a few seconds and I was like, wait, what's going on? Because he literally like changes in a second because he's initially furious, isn't he? Like, which is understandable. Yeah, it's not a 180. It's a, it's a pirouette. <laughs> yeah, it's... Within literally a split second, he's furious. He smashes a vase on the floor and then he's suddenly like, oh, I never liked this place anyway. It was too tidy. Yeah. And he says to them, you guys have reminded me that rock and roll still lives. <laughs> it's so odd. Yeah, that can't that can be true. Yeah, exactly. Rock and roll. I think S Club 7 are like the least rock and roll band I can think of. Yeah, but you know, bless Paul for trying to put that in. You know, Bl- bless him for trying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're such a wild, crazy band. And yeah, we don't really know what this guy does. Like, is he in the music industry as well? I guess maybe because he's talking about rock and roll. It's very odd. And he also goes, let's party. And I'm pretty sure it's like 9 a.m. Yeah. And then they have to go back in and party again. Yeah. It's it's so odd. I I would not have I would not have still been there if I was any of them. Yeah, because they're all up for it, aren't they? Apart from I think Rachel goes, what again? Because she that she that I'd identify with Rachel there. I I wouldn't want to carry on the party. No, that's awful. Why would you want to do that? As if it was that good. Yeah, and again, yeah, the moral is, hey kids, if you completely trash a house, it'll probably be fine and you'll even get thanked for it. You'll get praised. Yeah. It's bonkers, Sophie. It's a bonkers show. Oh my God, he is. You the house sitters? They are. What? What did you do to my house? I leave this place in your charge as a monument to taste, discretion, and power permitting. I come back after a few weeks, and what do I find? I said, what do I find? A scene of complete devastation. Exactly! This one isn't broken. My first wife gave me this vase. No wonder I'd never liked this place. It was always far too tidy. I had forgotten what it was like to let my hair down. 
but you guys have reminded me that rock and roll still lives. You are the best house sitters ever. So, what are we waiting for? Let's party! Yeah, and at the very end, we get a last little shot of the band all back in their little apartment. Paul says it's kind of nice to have paid the rent for once. And they're all kind of like, oh, it's all right, Paul. You can stop being sensible now. Yeah, suggesting that they still got paid for this. Yeah, exactly. And also just dissing Paul. Like, God, Paul, fancy bringing up the rent. That's so boring. That's such an <laughs> adult thing. And yeah, they they must have still got paid. He was so pleased. Maybe he gave them a bonus. He was so thrilled with the results because they showed him what rock and roll means. It is entirely unclear what money he is referring to. I assume it's money from an entirely unrelated job that they did. Yeah, maybe from serving coffee at the cafe although bradley did use the job to harass a woman or you know they did a performance somewhere it's definitely not from this house sitting gig they got no money from that (laughs) it's bizarre and yeah the last bit is they just start kind of throwing food at paul because he's being sensible and boring by mentioning the rent that's a good moral and don't be boring yeah (laughs) don't mention the rent just (laughs) don't mention the rent don't be, bo- don't be a bore. If your landlord comes around, hide from them behind a counter and you'll be yeah. fine. I'm going to do that next time. I think there's something in that. Yeah, definitely. You you have a podcast about Take Me Out and I listen to this and you, you usually pick a, like a hero and a villain of each episode. Yeah, so I was do, wondering yeah. if you had to choose something for this episode, who do you think would be like the hero or the villain? Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry to put you, put you on the spot. No, so. no, that's all right. Let's see. Um, the villain. Uh, it's it's really hard to pick a villain here because they're all um, they're all definitely in the running. Yeah, I've written down the whole band. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely in the running. Yeah, would it be the whole band I think in particular? Yeah, I think in particular the four members of the band who invite all these people around and then do nothing to help their friends tidy up. Like, there's no responsibility at all. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, hmm. Whoever was the girl who just didn't know how to invite people to parties? The one with the black hair? Yeah, um... Yeah, Tina. Tina. <laughs> she just she didn't she didn't get much to do in this episode. She's a she is a very strange actress. Like she delivers lines in a really weird way, kind of offbeat. Yeah. And yeah. She, she's my villain. Actually, her and Hannah. She's your villain. They're my villain, because um They invited the bikers. They invited the bikers, which I think is such a is such a red flag. Um, especially as girls and uh, they also don't know how to invite people to parties and I think that's a really bad example to set for uh, the children that are listening to this I think you need to be able to um, teach these children that uh, for a good party to happen you need to uh, invite people to a certain address and at a specific yep. time and I think they you know it's just a real this is a real kick in the face of etiquette I don't like it so I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna pick them, but I wanted to be very clear that the whole band was up <laughs> villains up for villain, and then for a hero I would say it's um the the Borag guy. Yeah, he was just a good guy. He was trying to help him out. He's definitely the hero in real life. And I've I've also written down I think 
I admire the bikers who go around and then just spend the whole party eating ice cream. I respect that. Yeah, they're good. That's good. Because they also, they were having none of it when um, Paul, one of of, uh, the villainous uh, seven, came around and was like, don't don't eat ice cream. It's like, well, don't, don't invite us to this party. That's a party. Yeah, they just kind of gave him a look and he kind of says, have you tried the pistachio flavor? Because he's clearly intimidated. Exactly. Yeah, that's very good. Those are good heroes, Sophie. Very good. Cool. So any last thoughts on the, the episode or on the show at all as a, as a first time viewer? Well, it was a lot to take in. Yeah, I uh, I would say that uh, I'm glad uh, it's off the air. I think uh, it's that's fair. generally one of the worst things I've ever watched. <laughs> Do you love it? It's one of those weird things where you watch it when you're really young and yeah. you love it at the time. Yeah. So it, cle- it clearly did something right because at the time it was really popular and like it it launched this band into the UK and yeah, 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 it yeah. did well. So ob- objectively, this is a successful show. Amazing. But yeah, when you watch it 20 years later, it is strange. And the acting and the the writing and directing, like every aspect of it is questionable. But it's somehow- so questionable. And you're just kind of like, it's hard to know what to make of it. And especially like with our podcast, yeah. like we um, we really love it still mm-hmm. like obviously like for anyone that knows take me out it is a it's a bonker show but we genuinely do watch like we love it and i was watching this and i was like oh but it totally makes sense now what you're saying is like i loved it and this mm-hmm. is like a nostalgia sort of rewatch and it's hilarious <laughs> yeah and, and the thing is it isn't you know it isn't boring like we've talked for nearly an hour about yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 no, minutes a lot of tv like the there is a lot to talk about it's and a lot just to unpick. pick up on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. No, I loved it. It was genuinely really bonkers. I think it deserves this analysis. <laughs> yeah. It was really mad and uh, that was fun. So before we finish, uh, where can people find you on Twitter? And is there anything, well, I guess apart from your podcast, that you'd like to plug? Um, well, it's a weird time. There's no um, gigs. Although I gigged to Cars mm-hmm. the other day, that was uh, that was interesting. Oh right, <laughs> but um, no, just the podcast. Look out for a season, or if you haven't listened to it, please give it a listen. I think it's uh, I think it's really fun. You don't need to have watched Take Me Out to listen to it. Um, and you can find I me. I don't think at- I don't think we've mentioned the name actually. If oh, you want to mention the yes, name? Of it's it. I called don't think I Talk it. About Take Me Out, and it's me, Patrick yeah. Spicer, and Nathan Darcy Roberts. And me, I'm Mickey Overman and I'm just on Twitter and Instagram at Mickey Overman. And uh, yeah, I do lots of like silly videos and stuff um, on Instagram and Twitter, if that's your thing. Thank you for listening to this episode of It's an S-Pod Thing. It was edited by Alex Blondek with music by William Kitchener. If you enjoyed the podcast and want to let us know that we're your number one, please subscribe and leave us a good review. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. 
If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.